What's up, everybody? This is your boy, Isaac. And this is your boy, Bryce. And we are Brothers on Tennis. And guess what, folks? We are at the midpoint of the U.S. Open, folks. Man, we have had such an incredible time being in New York. It has been outstanding. Bryce, how you feeling, my man? This is, although we've been to the U.S. Open several times. Yes. Um, this has probably been my favorite trip. To the U.S. Open thus far, mm-hmm. and and I think that's for a variety of reasons, right? I think number one, the matches have been incredible. Uh, number two, our favorites pretty much have done you know really well. That's right. Um, we had the whole launch of Brothers on Tennis. Um, the weather was Ooh, good. It's been wonderful, the right? Weather has come been on. Great. Oh. Um, and I don't know, it's just been a really, really enjoyable time. So, hey, this is awesome. I'm, I'm already looking forward to the U.S. Open for next year. <laughs> right? We are already booking plans for 2020, folks. And let's be clear, folks. We just launched. And, I mean, talk about having a, a just a wonderful launch. We, uh, we, we, we've been around the grounds and really tried to get the word out about Brothers on Tennis and it has just been so well received. And so we first of all just want to thank everybody out there. Thank all of you listeners. Um, it has just been a wonderful, wonderful launch. And um, I personally am extremely happy. And I feel as though it at least exceeded my expectations. But how are you feeling, Bryce? Well, and I just want the listeners to understand what launch meant for us, right? So um, in terms of the launch, we have launched our webpage www.brothersontennis.com and that's B-R-U-T-H-A-S on tennis.com and really that's your one-stop shop for us. If you go to the website, you'll always have the latest episode we've recorded on the homepage. You will also have a drop-down menu to read bios and actually see some pics of Isaac and myself. Uh, We have the whole channel or the whole catalog of of archived episodes we did during the pilot phase so you can go back and listen to when we were first getting started and then also we have a contact us uh, menu there so you're able to go there uh, give us your information send us a message send us an email and you have access to all of the various channels that our podcast is being hosted on right right so um, so that went live on Monday, August the 26th, and we really became open to the public to kind of um, share that that launch type of experience in person. What we did is at, while we were on site with the U.S. Open, we were wearing, like Isaac said, merchandise, yes. right? So we had Brothers on Tennis hats, yes. uh, sweatshirts, T-shirts, polos, and I tell you what. I personally was very surprised at the amount of attention and looks and that we got. I mean, numerous times we had people taking pictures on the back of our shirt, <laughs> you know, and it, it just, just very, I mean, even to the point where we got stopped by Patrick McEnroe That's on right. the grounds and said, hey guys, I really like, you know, your shirt. Yes. We were passing out uh, postcards, if you will, that had information on Brothers on Tennis and how you know, people could find us online. So we're off and rolling now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we have definitely gotten out there. And I 
I was just so pleasantly surprised and, and, and encouraged by the level of feedback that we got on our merch, man. It's like everybody either was looking at the shirt and they'd give you a smile, they'd give you a wink. I mean, it was always a conversational piece. So we right. talked to a ton of people <laughs> while we were on the grounds. And we were actually on the grounds physically Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. And I mean, we were there the entire time. And it just seemed like there were so many wonderful people that we that we encountered and had discussions with. And it was just wonderful. And, and that's one of the things that we want to kind of start talking about as well is just some of the people that we encountered. And, and I'll, first of all, I'll just say, unfortunately, we won't be able to mention everyone that we right. met. And we met some outstanding people. So everyone that we came into contact with who's listening to this episode, we want to thank you personally just for engaging with us, the great discussions, the talk about tennis. I mean, we had some, again, wonderful conversation. Um, but there are a couple of people that we just want to make sure that, that we take a, take a moment to just kind of talk about a little bit. Um, first and foremost, while we were at the newly unveiled Althea Gibson uh, right. statue, we ended up running into Miss Zena Garrison. And for those of you who don't know, Zena Garrison was a former WTA player. She is African-American. And I mean, Zena is one of the folks who made a name in the sport back in her day. And we actually met her. She saw our merch. She, we talked about what we were doing. And she was absolutely ecstatic. She was excited and said, you know what? We've been looking for something like this for a long time. Mm -hmm. Man, talk about feeling encouraged. Bryce, how did that encounter impact you? Well, you know, I had a couple of different feelings with that. Because, number one, Zena Garrison was the African-American player of note when I was coming up. Mm -hmm. She was the kind of person that looked like me when I first started playing tennis and I was out there and was really doing it. So there was kind of like a personal thing there to actually be like, I'm here with Zena Garrison, <laughs> the Zena Garrison, the one that played Martina Navratilova in the Wimbledon final. Right. Um, but the thing that she said to me that, really kind of stuck with me the entire day is when she said to us, I want to be a guest on your show. Oh. And when she said, and listeners, it's one thing for you to go in to ask someone right. to be on your show. Right. But when someone comes to you and says, and actually volunteers and says, I want to be on your show, it just gives you that really feel-good feeling on the inside because that tells you you're on the right path. That's exactly right. Oh, so good. That interaction was so wonderful. So, Zena, we hope we hope you're listening and know that we are going to be making contact and we are definitely going to have you on a future episode. Um, another uh, encounter that we had, and Bryce, I kind of want you to talk about this one because it's, it's, it's with a, a historian. And it was just hilarious how it came up because like we were talking about earlier with our merchandise, mm -hmm. there was someone that was actually taking a picture of the back of my shirt um, when the encounter started. Right. So I'll well, let you be yeah, I, exactly that. We were in the uh, food court area and, and Isaac was talking to some other people yes. uh, about the podcast. And I noticed that there was this lady behind him taking a picture of the back of his shirt. Now, to understand what we had on the back of the shirt is we had the website address and we had all the different platforms like iTunes and Google Play and all that where the podcast can be found. 
And so I decided to go up to her, and her name was Chris. Hi, Chris. Hey, Chris. If you're out there listening. <laughs> um, and just to kind of introduce myself, and, and she was apparently interested, and she then connected us to Lenny Simpson. And, yes. I, and I don't want to go too deep into Lenny's story because we're going to actually do a separate episode yes. on him and the whole One Love Foundation they have going on. Um, but you're talking about history. I mean, this guy was for many years the youngest uh, guy to ever play uh, at the U.S. Open. Uh, made it to the second round. I mean, he was 15 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and played Arthur Ashe. And played Arthur Ashe. And he mm-hmm. came up in that community where one of his first coaches was Althea Gibson. Yes. Um, and so we sat and probably talked to him for a half hour. And you know when you get that kind of goosebump yes. feeling when you know you're in the presence of history? Yes. Um, and to hear, once again, someone like him say, wow, what you guys are doing is really great. Hopefully we can work together on some stuff down the road. So, I mean, and I think we met him on the same day we met Zena. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, it was overwhelming. Yes, we, we were on top of the world. Oh, my goodness. Such, like I said, such a great day. Right. But you will hear, you know, like Isaac yes. was saying, we plan to have an episode where we have Zena Garrison on as a guest. We plan to have an episode where we give you the background of blacks in tennis, African Americans in tennis, yes, um, and Lenny Simpson's story, and then and maybe we'll even have Lenny That's on right. on the the podcast. Yeah. But not only that, we met some people who were even a little uh, more current in the right. game. Right. Uh, when we were at Taylor Townsend's match, mm-hmm. we met Mark Eubanks, who is right. the brother of Chris Eubanks, Eubanks. Yep. Uh, just one of the really up-and-coming top African-American males in, in tennis. And he he was just so nice. It was a ple- uh, pleasure meeting you, Mark. We were so excited to see that he uh, had subscribed to our YouTube channel, right. uh, and that was another good connection. Thanks, Mark. Um, but Isaac, you even uh, had some interactions with some coaches. International, that's right. <laughs> there you we, go. We actually went international with our merch. And so one of the things, when we were actually watching the Curios-Stevie uh, Johnson match, uh, I happened to be sitting next to a young man who was out of London. And turns out he was a coach. Uh, coach David. Hey, Coach. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's just a nice young man. He was out in New York for the first time. He and his mom, <laughs> mm. which was so wonderful. And uh, he is a coach out in the London area. He has some younger players that he's been coaching for, I believe he said, around five to seven years. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, he, he, he's... He's someone that I definitely want to 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 talk with more and really understand from a coaching perspective their role in in this whole game. So Bryce and I were talking, and again, another special episode that we'd like to pursue is 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 just kind of talking to coaches and and getting their perspective. But yeah, Coach David, it was a pleasure meeting you, and uh, we're connected. And like I said, hopefully once we get over to uh, uh, Wimbledon, yeah. uh, 2021 we will have established a, a really strong rapport and uh, we can do some bigger things there. So we did meet Co- Coach David and then we also met another coach from the stage and it was Coach Daniel uh, from the Atlanta area. And uh, Coach Daniel, once again, uh, just doing things with junior tennis and uh, in the Atlanta area and uh, just, you know, just really great meeting him and wanting to, again, 
just look into that path of a coach and what they do, what they provide. So we're definitely going to be reaching out to Coach Daniel uh, to learn more about what he's involved with and, again, do more things with Brothers on Tennis. So, Coach Daniel, what's up, man? It was awesome <laughs> meeting you. It was, And yeah. we look forward to working with you a little bit more. Um, so, Bryce, anything to on, on the coaches? or No, just I think it's a different dimension yeah. uh, to bring into the game. So, I like the fact that we're approaching this from the professional level, yes. from the player level, from the coaching level, uh, from the entertainment level, That's you know. Right. Uh, we're giving it to you guys, you know, <laughs> full 360 view uh, of, of tennis, so... You know, we could talk about our experiences all day, but we just wanted to give you a few highlights and, and to know that we plan to continue this. We plan to go to the Australian Open. We plan to go to Indian Wells. Yes. We plan to go to the French Open. We plan to go to the the Western and Southern uh, Open in Cincinnati. So uh, we're going to be out there. That's right. We're going to be out there. And just a heads up, because we got this question a lot which is, again, something that Bryce alluded to on the merch uh, merchandising standpoint. We will, in the future, have the merchandise available. I mean, f I, I, can't even, I can't even comment on how, many, how much feedback we received on our merchandise. And, our, it, and for the folks who have gone and seen our, you know, our website, um, I mean, it's a pretty simple logo, but at the same time, it's strong. Brothers on Tennis, that is a strong message. Right. And I think that a lot of people felt that as we were walking around the ground. So, and I mean, we, and that's what we got. They were like, ooh, them hats are strong. <laughs> strong, man. Right. strong. You know? <laughs> and so, folks, definitely know that we will be making merchandise available in the near future. So, that's one of our uh, phase two goals as we uh, are post launch. Right. So, uh, just know that it's, we're going we gonna to be coming at you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, if that was about, you know, our launch and our presence uh, at the Billie Jean King uh, Tennis Center, what else was going on during the tournament was what we call hmm. some black girl magic. Black girl magic. <laughs> <laughs> and we just want to take a few minutes Woo. to just highlight some of the outstanding tennis that has been played Listen. by some of our women of color yes. uh, this week. And I'm going to start off with one of our queens, yes. Miss Venus Williams. Venus. We were at her first round match where she was playing Zhang Sai Sai. Y'all, I don't even know how to tell you. I've been watching Venus Williams play really since she started. Um, and that first round match that she played was one of the best matches I have ever seen Venus play. She was moving around the court well. She was hitting the ball well. Um, she was being very aggressive, but it was a controlled aggression, right? She was uh, not making a lot of unforced errors, and we know our girl Venus can sometimes, you know, uh, rack those up. And she just absolutely put the smack. How often have you heard of Venus Williams giving somebody a breadstick and a bagel? It, not often. It, it just doesn't happen, <laughs> right? No, no. And and she beat that girl like she stole something, and it was, <laughs> it, it was just an amazing performance to watch. Um, unfortunately, because Venus is not seated, and because Venus, you know, just kind of gets thrown in the draw there, she unfortunately had to meet Svetlina in the second round. And although she didn't play horribly in that match. That was a tough out for it's her. A tough out. And Svetlina is still in the tournament right now. But I, I really hope 
that Venus that we saw in the first round, if we see more of that for the rest of this year, and especially next year going into people trying to secure their spots on the Olympic team, yes. oh, Venus should be able to absolutely be there I agree. at 39 years of age. I completely agree with you, Bryce. I mean, she played outstanding tennis that first round. And let's not forget, folks, that the person she played, Zhang Tsai Tsai, actually won a tournament mm-hmm. against Sabalenka earlier this summer. So it wasn't like this was a gimme match. This right. is a title holder mm-hmm. from the summer. And so for the fact that she was able to play her, beat her, beat her soundly, <laughs> one in love, breadstick bagel, that speaks volumes to how Venus played in that match. Yes. And like Bryce said, hopefully the queen will be able to carry that forward through the rest of this year. So right. It's just exciting. So uh, Venus, hope you're listening. Keep doing what you're doing because that was a wonderful match. And again, Svetlina, she's a tough one. And she I is. know that you've had you know rough times with her in the past. So you know, just we'll we'll keep we'll keep working through that one. Right. <laughs> and as much as I loved watching that match and as excited as I always am about Venus Williams, the one that has just taken it for me this tournament is Miss Taylor Townsend. Listen. And, and and let me we watched we went and watched Taylor's first match against Kozlova. Yes. And Taylor, she lost the first set, and she looked like she was playing kind of tentatively. Um, and then Isaac left to go watch somebody else, and she started playing really well. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> but no, she came back really strong, and and the um, the second and third set, she you know she was really putting some length in her ground strokes, yeah. and it was a good win. So we were like, okay, Taylor made it out of the first round. Mm-hmm. We had no idea. That we were gonna see in that next round, we were at, and and Taylor, we love you. Hopefully, you feel the love. Yes. But when we saw that you had Simona Halep in the second round, we were like, you know, hopefully she has a good showing. But you know, Halep just won Wimbledon. We saw what she did to Serena. Right. Um. And uh, you know. But you we, know what? Apparently, apparently, uh, <laughs> Taylor saw what she did to Serena as well. Exactly. And I tell you what, I've I've told you listeners. Time and time again, you know, for me, my the the, the women tennis player that I, it's just my heart, you know, that I I, I love from my my childhood days is Martina Navratilova. Yes. Taylor Townsend in that match against Simona Halep, and in the follow up match against Cristea yesterday, yes. she looked like a black Martina Navratilova to me. Yes, she did. She, I mean, to to get to the net and a three-set match 106 times <laughs> and in a two-set match 75 times and to have a winning percentage at the net to have the, you know, people like to sometimes say, you know, our girl's a little thick, but do, I don't know if people know the conditioning you that have to takes. have to be able to go to the net time and time again like that and actually be proficient up there. I know if I go up to the net about five or six times, I'm done. <laughs> I'm tired. Right. I'm, like, I'm breathing heavy. And I just, you know, we're hoping yeah. and we're thinking we may be seeing a turn with Taylor right now. Um, because the way she's playing right now, what is she ranked right now? She's in the, she's in the hundreds. Yeah. 
she's playing like a top 40 player Absolutely. easily top right 40 now. top 20 because with that game style Bryce as we as we've said as the commentators have said that is a game style that's no longer out there being played they don't have serving volleyers nope. so a lot of the ladies who they just don't know what to do when right. they're faced with that game and that's exactly what you saw like saw with Halep right she was off her rhythm she uh-huh. didn't know how to pass her and it was like everything in Taylor's game was popping Yes. Popping. Her volleys were popping. Her overhead was strong. Oh, her overhead game is strong. Ooh. Overhead game strong. Overhead game is real strong. And her return to serve. Return to serve. She got more confident as she as she was like, okay, if I'm going to go to the net, then hey, I'll just go ahead and, and, and pound on some return to serves. And she was even getting winners off the return to serve. Absolutely. It, it, it was a, it's, her play is beautiful right now. It She's is. She's doing what she should have been doing the, her entire career, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Because she has a level of feel that not right. a lot of players have. She You've got to have that feel at the net. And Taylor's mm-hmm. always had great hands. People have always said that. Right. It's just finding the combination. And I, like you said, Bryce, I am. I literally am praying. I'm saying a prayer for my girl Taylor mm-hmm. that she takes this and uses this as a stepping stone mm-hmm. to move forward in her career. I agree. And she has another challenge in front of her. She's playing Bianca Andreescu next, who is one of our favorites. You know, in this kind of next gen yes. of the women's tour. And uh, but you know exactly what you're saying, right? We don't know how Andrescu is going to play against someone who has such an attacking, an unrelenting yes. attacking style like um, Taylor Townsend. So between that first round match of Venus and what Taylor has done thus far in the tournament, that black girl magic is shining <laughs> bright. It is shining brightly, right. brightly. And there's still more black girl magic to come because, I mean... The one thing that we actually haven't talked about is what <laughs> set the whole tournament off. Yes, yes. <laughs> and that was Miss Serena Williams, the queen. The queen. Against Maria Sharapova. And once again, Serena just, she she played Serena Ball. Mm-hmm. She came out and she was like, Maria, I ain't scared of you. <laughs> right. I done brought my, my, my Vaseline. <laughs> and apparently you didn't. And I'm going to swing out on you. <laughs> And I'm sorry, Serena just absolutely just just dismantled her. Mm-hmm. And, and and again, it was it was just Serena Ball. She came out, she played strong, and and she got the victory. And to me, she set off the whole black girl movement. For she this did. Tournament. She did. And I actually wish there was some way that Serena could play Sharapova in the first round of all of her <laughs> tournaments because I think that would get her going. That gets her right? going because she comes out focused. She, she knows. And like I said, Bryce, and we'll talk about this more as we talk about different podcasts and different episodes, but. Again, Serena, I feel like, has a level of focus against Maria because of that that Wimbledon. Uh-huh. That Wimbledon where they played, and Serena got upset by, by, by 17-year-old Maria. Right. Uh-huh. And I think that that not only vaulted Maria over Serena at that time. Because remember, right. Serena was the kind of the pseudo-face of tennis. Uh-huh. And they were looking for somebody else. She legitimized Maria Sharapova with that uh-huh. victory. She did. And Maria then became the face of tennis. Right. And Serena was kind of secondary. Uh-huh. And I don't believe Serena has ever forgiven herself 
for allowing her to take that one with him from her. Right. And well, I, and I think in addition to her being upset about losing that match, I think she was also very upset with the market and the tennis community yes. because she felt like she was the well, not felt she was she the was. superior player, but all the marketing and advertising and endorsements and everything were going to Sharapova for we. I don't need to say. <laughs> we don't need to say, but why? you know, y'all know. But um, you know, she felt like okay. If this is your poster girl, mm-hmm. I'm gonna show you what what I'm gonna do what to I'm your do to poster girl every single time, every single we, time we step on a court. And we can't forget the one little aspect about the shared history with Grigor Dimitrov, <laughs> right? So messy, <laughs> right? So there was even some personal relationship kind yeah. of drama there. So yeah. Anyway, you're right. Yes. So that'll be something, of course, we will expound upon in in later podcasts and what have you. But again, she kicked off the she Black did. Girl Magic segment, and then what we have to do uh-huh. is we have to go to our girl uh-huh. Coco Golf. Yes, I mean, once again, people, this is a 15 year old uh-huh. African American female, uh-huh. and mind you, not 15 going on 16. She just turned 15 in March. Right, so she's still 15. <laughs> right. I mean, again, same Coco Golf that took out Venus Williams in the first round of Wimbledon. Uh-huh. She comes to the U.S. Open, and she's like, you know what? I'm not done clowning. No. <laughs> right, right. So I get in this first round with Potapova, who also is a youngster as well, uh-huh. not very old. I think she may be 19 or 20. Uh-huh. But Potapova comes out there swinging on her, and it just, you know, just jumps on her the first set. Right. And what she do? She she problem solves. She did. She's like, what do I need to do? What are the changes I need to make? She does them. And what? She gets the W. And then she goes into the second round match against Tamea Babos. Mm-hmm. And she does the same thing. You know, she just fights through and she figures out a way to win. And that was just so incredible. And then, of course, it sets her up to meet the number one player in the world. Yes. Miss Miss Naomi Osaka. Mm-hmm. And we all knew that's going to be a tough match. Right. It's going to be a tough match. I mean, mm-hmm. again, she 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 just, you know, she went in with the right mindset. She wanted to fight. Um, but on the on the day, uh Naomi just had way too much game. Oh, uh, she did. And, and 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 this I remember saying to you Isaac before the match even came on. Are we really Sitting here contemplating <laughs> that this this fifteen year old is about to take out the number, number one player in the world, world. <laughs> you know, let's bring our expectations down exactly. a little bit, right? Exactly. Uh, she was playing the juniors this time last year, right? Um, and 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 so beyond the match, we yes. we, we saw what happened. Yes, um, I think both you and I gained a whole new level of respect for Osaka actually oh my after the match. I think most of you uh, listeners saw how Osaka really comforted um, Coco after the match. Right. Uh, looped her in in the post-match on-court interview. Mm-hmm. Um, Even got emotional during the interview. Yes. Just talking about their experiences, the fact that they both had arrived, the fact that you know her parents, Coco's parents, Corey and uh, and, and Candy? I think it's Candy. Okay. Yeah, Corey and Candy. Just how nice they were and uh-huh. just how well they're raising their daughter. Right. To to give that type of of of, you know, just just uh, notification or, or, or I, I mean just acknowledgement. Just yeah. acknowledgement. Uh-huh. Thank you. That that was just special. I mean, and and like I said, I, I, 
I was, you know, I'm, I, I've talked to you about this. I was a little bit salty with Naomi because right. the whole split was Sasha because mm-hmm. I love Sasha. Right. And I thought that that was a winning combination. So I was a little salty with Naomi. But after that gesture, I am 100% back on the Naomi right. Osaka bandwagon. Right. Naomi, that was class. It was. That's just all that you can say about that. That was class. And for you to do that and share that moment, it was just special. And also, Bryce, what 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 really makes me so excited about about Coco, she was upset after that match. Uh-huh. I like that. Because she went in in that match uh-huh. mentally like, I want to win this match. Oh, of course, I expect yeah. myself to win this match. Uh-huh. That's the mindset of a champion. Right. And that's why I like that young lady. Because again, when you—I mean, come on—you're—you—you you play like you said. You played the juniors last year. You're now going against the number one player in the world, Arthur Ashe Stadium, and you went in expecting to win. Right. That is incredible. Yep. So so good. So so just though that combination of matches, Bryce was just—I mean, you talk about Black Girl Magic at its finest. <laughs> yeah, at its <laughs> finest, absolutely. <laughs> It, and and let's not you know not mention uh, Madison Keys. Yeah, exactly. Because Madison's doing her thing. She's still in the draw. She's still my pick. <laughs> <laughs> and you know she's doing wonderful things. And 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 also let's let's you know slightly migrate or not want to say migrate away. But who I do want to mention is uh, Katie McNally. Yes. Who is playing doubles with Coco Goff? Yes. Katie McNally. Played Serena, mm-hmm. and let me tell you what, Katie McNally put them things out there. She did. She gave Serena all she could handle, and and she had Serena all flummoxed and just a little bit confused. Right. So Serena, to me, was very fortunate to make it out that match. But Katie McNally, she is one to look out for. Look, Coco and Katie, Ooh. that's gonna be a power couple of the future. Absolutely. And they're playing doubles together. They're still in the draw. Right. So we are hoping that they can continue to make magic. And hey, go and get the title. And let's not just say they're still in it. Their first round doubles match was a big win against Gurgis and, and Sinyakova. Who is, yeah, who's top five in doubles in the world. Yeah, well, she used to be she the number, be one, number one player. Just a couple months ago, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So... Anyway, Black Girl Magic going strong at the U.S. Open in 2019. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now, we, we want to have a kind of in memoriam uh, <laughs> section here. Right. And and we're not going to spend a whole lot of time uh, on this because they didn't spend a whole lot of time at the Open. But we just want to acknowledge the people that came and went well in the first round. Well. And uh, let's start with the ladies. There were three ladies that, you know... Just kind of made some guest appearances for us. <laughs> yeah. One was Muguruza. Hey, Mugu. Allie was, Risk. Got yeah, up on it. Got up on it. One was Angelique Kerber. Yeah. Ah, oh, Angelique, what's going on with you? Right. Karma. And then Sloane <laughs> Stevens. Now, although Sloane left, we want to bring up a very important thing. Yes. She has reunited with her coach, Kamar Murray, Come on who was an, which was another situation kind of like Osaka. We were kind of like, why uh, did that? Why did that happen? What's going on? That's a that's a that's just a proven, you know, solid relationship there. And I love Kamal Murray. Mm-hmm. I love his fire. I just love everything that he's about. And in truth, I want I want to find Kamal Murray because he's another coach right. that I would love to talk to and have on, exactly. on our podcast. But that was also a relationship when they split. I was a little bit... I was confused and I was a little salty. Right. So the fact that they are back together, 
hey, I you talk about somebody who's happy. Yeah, uh, just don't talk to Monica Puig about that because apparently Kamal, the word on the curve is that Kamal Murray must have got the phone call. Was like, I'm out. He's like, and, um Now, granted, I, we don't know what really happened, and I, I don't want to make light of that. But right, right. Um, Kamal Murray was coaching uh, Monica Puig up until a few days before the U.S. Open when he rejoined um, Sloan Stevens. And and let me give you the real on this because. The way we first became aware aware of this, we were once again in the food court. That's right. That will be a common theme with us. Uh, <laughs> you'll find us around the food. Yes. Um, and I remember looking up on the screen and seeing because Sloane's match was getting ready to start. Yeah. And Sloane's they showed her box, yeah. her player box, and Kamal Murray was in there, and I was just thinking, okay, yeah. well maybe they just still have a good relationship. And she was like, oh, you can sit in my box tonight. And so that's what we thought that's until we later read the headlines that he was actually back in the camp. Right, you know? right. Uh, again, very, very happy that they have reunited. Yeah. Again, reunited. And it feels <laughs> so good. <Yeah>. Yes. <laughs> so just happy for them. Sloan, we know that you're about to get married. So again, you know, do do your thing. We're gonna give you 2019 off <laughs> to get married, get reestablished with Kamal. But we are expecting some wonderful and big things from you come 2020. So you go and you do your thing. Right. All right. So let's talk about some of the guys that made a guest appearance. Ooh, there was a few of them too. Right. <laughs> yeah. So your boy Hatchinov. Hatchinov, and I and that's I think that was actually the match where I dipped out of Taylor's match. Thank you. To- <laughs> I dipped out of Taylor's match to go see Karen play just a few points. And he was doing well against, I think he was playing Vasek Pospisil from Canada. And I was like, he'll be all right. And next thing I know, I look up and he didn't, he didn't take the L. So that one was a bit surprising. Right. And yeah. and my flip story of that is, and although it may not go down officially as an upset, upset yeah. but we were watching my guy. Actually, no, that would go up. <laughs> Let me be clear. Let's be clear. I, we were watching my guy, Joe <laughs> Wilfred Songa. Yes. And... He gave uh, Tennis Sangren a breadstick, bread and they were either on serve or he was slightly up in the second set, and we left to go to, support go to Taylor. Taylor's match. That's exactly right. And next thing I know, they're in the fifth <laughs> set, and I hear that he loses. <laughs> our, crazy. Pro- our producer, Chet, was there at the match, and he said, your boy Songa is going to Disneyland, <laughs> going to Disney World. And not to celebrate. <laughs> no, 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 no. So, yeah, that was kind of tight. That was tight. Now... CC Pass who did not make it out of the first round. Now, he had a very tough first-round match with Rublev. Yes, he did. And uh, Rublev, like I said, Rublev was injured. He's coming back. He's another one of the next-gen kids, uh, along with CC Pass. Uh-huh. So, in my eyes, even though that comes out as an upset, it's not, in my, it's not truly an upset for me, only because Rublev was really on the top of the next-gens before he got injured. Uh-huh. And now he's making his way back. So the fact that he took out CC Paz, yes, it was surprising, and yes, I actually did think CC Paz was going to come out of that match. Right. But but Rublev has been playing some great tennis. I mean, hell, he beat Federer in Cincinnati, uh-huh. so he's confident. And he came in there, and he was like, "Am I scared of you? You my age, right?" <laughs> the one thing that concerned me about that match, and I didn't know it was a potential issue, was the fact that CC Paz 
cramped up. Yeah. Uh, in that match. Yeah. And I, I've just in general have had the impression that he was a fairly, you know, healthy fairly fit, fit yeah. person. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I don't you know, it could be a one time thing, uh, but if it's not, you know, he needs to address that because okay. the guy has too much talent to, you know To be cramping up, yeah. To be all Jack Sockish <laughs> and not have his fit right. <laughs> Jack, you know I love you, but you know <laughs> Anyway, yeah. we don't move on from that. Um, <laughs> Taylor French, who had been very hot this yeah, summer. Yeah, yeah, that was surprising. Um, I, I just, you know, because Taylor has had some really great results of late, and so for him to be taken out by Feliciano Lopez was quite surprising to me. I know Feely Lowe got a good game, and right. he's got that lefty swing and everything, but I just did not think that he'd ha he'd be able to get past Taylor French. No, and we had watched French. Uh, practice, practice with Anacone, yeah. and he was looking really good. Yes, he was. Yes, but I guess, you know, Feliciano was watching him practice too. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he was like, surprise, surprise, <laughs> <scared of> you. <laughs> I'm not scared of you. Um, so, I'm going to let you talk about this next one because I know this is your boy. Oh, my um, goodness. I, FAA FAA. I In that one, and I was there, I was at that match. And I just, I don't know, it just didn't seem like FAA was, was feeling it. Right. Or, and, and you know what, and maybe I shouldn't, I shouldn't take away from Dennis Shapovalov because Shapo played, played a great match. Uh -huh, uh -huh. He came out there focused. Uh -huh. and, and, and mind you, I don't think it was a grudge match, but I think it was one of those matches where, you know, FAA has been getting a lot of attention. Uh -huh. And they've been calling him the next great thing and Canada's hope and blah, blah, blah. And I think Dennis was like, hold up. I came on the scene first. I, you know, y'all was giving me this love two years ago. Why y'all done now flipped over to, to, to Felix? Where's my love? Mm -hmm. And I honestly feel like he went out there with a little bit of a chip on the shoulder and mm -hmm. was like, yeah, I'm going I'm, to I'm, I'm remind y'all. Mm -hmm. who who is the up and coming uh Canadian player. Right. And he put them things on him and like I said Felix just was not able to respond. Dennis was swinging and Felix just unfortunately couldn't handle it. Yeah. And I want to say one thing, uh shout out to FAA's coaching staff. Y'all need to work on those double faults. Oh my goodness. Because he he is not going to get to where he needs to be. Double faulting as much as he does. Exactly. It doesn't make any sense. It's the one shot that's totally unaffected. Completely There's unaffected. There's no reason for a professional player not to have an effective serve. And what I mean, an effective serve means not just because you have a good first serve. Right. It means you have an effective second serve as well. And to have an effective second serve, it has to get in that little box. <laughs> So, you want to put that out there real quick. <laughs> that tends to be the guy. <laughs> so, yeah, disappointed about that. But at the same time, good on you, Dennis Pablo. Mm -hmm, absolutely. For, 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 like for doing your thing. Exactly. Right. Fonini. What is that? I mean, Roddy O'Pelka was like, I'm not scared of you. <laughs> this, like, ain't you might, clay. this ain't clay. I'm not in the doll. You don't scare me. <laughs> I'm seven feet tall. Come get some of this serve. <laughs> That's hilarious. But yeah, that one, in fact, I believe that that's the one I predicted the other You did. On. You did predict I that. I did. Good on you, I yeah. Was like, I was like, I think Riley going to put them fangs on on, uh, on uh, Fabio, and, and that's what he did. So surprising, but, you know, good on you, Riley, and keep up the keep keep up the good work. Right. Keep now, swinging. Now I'll tell you who wish they were on Clint, <laughs> and that would be Mr. Dominique <laughs> Team. Right. <laughs> <laughs> And see, we were questioning him playing that clay court tournament instead of being we on sure the hard did. courts. Mm -hmm. And that's the receipt. That's what happens, Dominique. 
when it's hardcore season, you need to be on the hard courts. Right. Simply put. And that's why Fabiano was like, you know what? Anybody scared of you? Right. This is US Open and we are hardcore. Right, right. So I'm putting fangs on you. And, and you know what? And and, and, I, and we want to mention just one more match. And and although this is this definitely wasn't an upset, yeah. but um, you know, one of the great and hard things about going to the first week of a Grand Slam, the great thing is you have so many good matches going on. The bad thing is sometimes a lot of those good matches are all going on at the same, same time. time. And a match that we did not get a chance to go watch that I really wish we had um, was Chris Eubanks. Yes. The African-American upcoming male that we were talking about. He's about seven feet tall himself, isn't he? He's pretty tall. He's like 6'9 yeah. or something like yeah, that. Yeah, he's tall boy. Um, he went five sets with Garen. Mm-hmm. And Garen has, you know, I think he's a little more of a clay court player, but he's had a good... You know, first half of the year, yes, right? He has. Uh, but to go five sets with him, um, as I mentioned earlier in the in the podcast, we met his brother Mark earlier, who's mm-hmm. just such a nice guy. Absolutely. Um, and uh, we were hearing from some of the guys at Taylor's match how just good of a match that was. So mm-hmm. we didn't get a chance to watch any of it, but we wanted to just acknowledge that he played a great first round match. And that we are really looking for big things from Chris in the future. Absolutely. He's got a lot to build on. So, Chris, you keep doing your thing. And Brothers on Tennis will definitely be behind you, supporting you all the way, brother. Right. Yeah. So, Isaac, let's move on to what are our predictions, you know, for the rest of the tournament. And, right. and, And listeners, I'll just give you a little heads up. As we were kind of pulling together these predictions before the show, we're pretty proud to say... They're pretty close to yeah. what we made at the very beginning That's of the right. tournament during the preview show. So um, either our picks were soft <laughs> or, or we're really, really good at this. But uh, what do you want to do? You want to start with the men or the women? Um, let's start with the men. Okay. Yeah. Because I will start with the men because that's the one where I kind of made my errors. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So I think we started at, at the semis again. Still mm-hmm. predicting it's going to be a Novak Fed uh, semi. Yes. Still believe it's going to be Fed making it to the final. And I yes. still believe it's going to be Fed who's going to win this. I'm right there with you on all of that. Yeah, so yeah. I think what we said in the in the preview show is still applicable on the men's side, men's top half and who we're predicting to actual win. The bottom half, um, I think, was a little bit different because I think I had RBA versus Struff or something like that. Because right. I thought Struff was going to take out Nadal, but Struff, unfortunately, didn't even get to Nadal. Right. Yeah, but Nadal was still in the tournament, and so good yeah. on you, Nadal. Uh-huh. And, um, and, and, and the other side, I don't know who I had. Yeah, no, I said RBA. Um, but basically, who I think is going to make it there now? I honestly think Rublev is I going to continue pushing. I think right. his game is solid. He took out Kyrgios last night, which was, I mean, he was just he was just swinging, right. and he didn't give Kyrgios the opportunity to do a lot of his his trick trick shots. Right. And I, and in truth, I don't know that Kyrgios was really playing that true. If he was playing at a hundred percent, I think it would have been a different result. Right. But I don't think that he was, and I don't mm-hmm. know why. But anyway, I think Rublev has got the confidence now. I think he's got uh, you know the momentum. Uh-huh. I believe he will make the semis against Nadal. I do feel like Nadal will put them fangs on him, though, in that semi. And I think it's going to be a Fed-Nadal, as you predicted. And I think that Fed will take the victory. Because, again, Fed is not scared of Nadal on hardcore. He's just not. And I think that he will take him out. Right. 
you know, I'm not going to repeat everything you said because <laughs> you basically have the same thing. I do have a uh, Rublev and, and a doll on the bottom. Um, I can't remember who I had a Rublev spot before because I don't think it was Curios for some reason. I thought it was RBA as well. I, I think thought you RBA. and I did RBA. Yeah, I think it was yeah. RBA as well. Yeah. Who's Re- Roberto Batista Agut for those oh, listeners yes. who don't know what RBA means? Re- right. Roberto Batista Agut. But I'm I'm fully looking for a Fed Nadal final, and I'm looking for Fed to win. Yes. So yes. So what about the women? Yeah. Now the for me, my draw actually goes pretty much unchanged. Um, I had Osaka meeting Andreescu, and I had Keys meeting Serena Williams. I am going to stick with my predictions, not going with how I feel, because mm-hmm. of course I still want Serena to win it. Yes. But my prediction was. Andreescu would meet Keys in the mm-hmm. final and that she would succumb to the pressure at that point and that Keys would finally win her first Grand Slam. Okay, now this is where we differ probably quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, because, first of all, my first semifinalist I have is Benchich. Right. And I love it how last night Brad Gilbert reminded Osaka that she's never she's beaten, beaten. <laughs> Benchich before. Because Osaka was like, I don't think I've ever you know, he was like, no, you exactly. haven't. No, you haven't. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm still holding that I think Benchich is going to take out Osaka. Okay. I do have her meeting Andrescu. Okay. And then in the bottom semifinal, I still have Pliskova mm, okay. making it to the semis okay. against Serena. Oh, okay. Okay. Now, I'm looking for the finals. I'm looking at Andrescu mm-hmm. and Serena. And let me tell you why this is important. Okay. Because if the listeners will remember, in the Canadian Open... That was the final, and they did not get a chance to play. That's right. So I think that final is going to be replicated here at the U.S. Open, and uh, we're going to see that. And Serena, she's going to put her back into it, Yeah. and <laughs> she's going to take number 24. All right, all right. You know that's where my heart is. That's absolutely where my heart is. So I'm loving your prediction, brother. I'm absolutely loving it. Right. So listeners, Pay attention, see if we live up to these uh, predictions or not, <laughs> and we will next week come back at you and either brag hey. or face the music, right? <laughs> or both. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So we want to uh, kind of own up to something. I know last week we mentioned that we were going to record the Brothers on Tennis one-on-one episode this week. That's the episode where we kind of give you a breakdown on the basics of not only tennis, but the professional tour, uh, and even some of the the earthier uh, terminology that Isaac and I will use on the podcast. Yes. To be just very honest with you, we have just had such a blast this week. Uh, uh, you know, being at the open and meeting people and 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 the whole night. We just have not had an opportunity to record that. So we will record that when we get back to California next yes. week. Yes. And we'll have that episode to you in about a week. So definitely look forward to that. Yes. So before we close out, any final words from you, Mr. Golden? Just once again, just excited about the fact that we had a successful launch in my eyes. The fact that we were able to be on the grounds and really establish Brothers on Tennis. Again, just the discussions that we had with the patrons and 
hopefully our new podcast listeners mm-hmm. uh, spread that word folks we had the handed out the cards please please do do all that you can to help support us so that we can really build this brand and build ourselves out so that we can all be a, a nice wonderful big tennis family so I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm just elated and excited about not only what we've what we've encountered but what is to come so I'm excited Bryce right and I just want to remind you listeners that we are on a variety of platforms iTunes Google Play Spotify etc but you can always use our website as a single point of contact to get to everything so once again that website is www.brothersontennis.com and that is spelled b r u t h a s on tennis.com so pray for us that we have a safe return back home in the next couple of days and we will be looking to come back at you hard next week watch the tennis enjoy and we thank you once again for all of the tremendous support that we've received so with that this is your boy Bryce and this is your boy Isaac and we are brothers on tennis have a good one y'all You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.